0: life audio even in this time that we're now in right now the fact that we're in a place where we in this pandemic feel isolated or uh, divided or away we have a heart that's been made to be together to celebrate together and we feel that distance right now that's because god has wired us to be people who are together in this way Hello, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible with a special series on finding comfort in God's promises. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice here to give you encouragement, support, perhaps some insight, and a way forward in these uncertain times. And today we're going to talk about what it means to find strength in God's joy. And we're going to do it by looking at really one of my very favorite stories in Scripture from the book of Nehemiah. We want to talk about how do we move from experiencing happiness based on our circumstances to being people who actually find deep within a joy that's settled in God and it impacts the way we experience our circumstances because what we're not going to find is a way to necessarily change our circumstances. We want to be people who deal with our circumstances differently because of God in our life, not thinking that God is going to make every circumstance in our life happy because there is absolutely no biblical support for that, nor is there any human experience for that. God does bring good into to our lives, but he also gives us the strength to be sustained through the hard times as well. So we're going to continue to look together at how we can find comfort in his promises, particularly through this idea of how God's joy gives us the strength we need to be God's people. So our passage today is in Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'm going to read you verses 8 through 12. It says they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and the teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, this day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send them some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to UnityWeekend.com. That's UnityWeekend.com dot com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Okay, so what's the backstory here Now that we know what it says? basically, let's talk about what it what does it say? There's a story going on here, and all of the people, the Israelites who've been scattered, have actually regathered in Jerusalem, and the law has been discovered, and the people are hearing for the first time the law read the way it was meant to be read. The Levites, the teachers of the law, are standing up, and they're reading to God's people his story to them about who they are, about how He's chosen them, and about the way that they're meant to live. That's the stuff that we find in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. That's sort of the beginning of this story of God's people. And those portions of the law are now being read for the first time in a long time. And the people are all gathered listening to this stuff being read. And it says in our passage that they they were being instructed in it so they could actually understand what it means. And we see that in the passage, they have this response as they begin to understand what it means and they're obviously all grieving and weeping and mourning. And and we, we must assume that they are learning things that they didn't know were true and that they've been living, as we know from reading the rest of the book, that they've been living out of accord with the way that God's called them to live. And so they're grieved by this. And then this is where Nehemiah steps in and gives them these other instructions. So the law has been found. The people have been scattered all around, but now they're gathered together and they're learning who they're meant to be. And they're grieved at the way that they've been living. And And then Nehemiah gives them a series of commands, which starts with, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So first things first, the use of feasts in the Old Testament, this is a little bit of what's the backstory from the Alive Method. When we're thinking about a passage, we want to ask ourselves, what did it mean in the time that it was written? Because the Bible was written for a specific people at a specific time with a specific reason, and we're entering into that. Before we take it out to say, what does this mean for us? We want to make sure we understood what it meant then. And so we need to know the backstory of what's happening. So this whole idea of feasting and feasts and celebrating was. Used in the Old Testament for commemorative purposes to remember who God is and communal purposes. It's the way that the community came together. Feasts are the way that the story of what God had done for his people was kept alive. They were meant to be shared and celebrated together for the people. A first fruit celebration, a feast, was of gratitude and confession. The feast of Pentecost was harvest and when the Holy Spirit was poured out on believers in the New Testament. So we're called to be people who celebrate, to share meals with each other. Jesus gave mir- was his first miracle was at a wedding feast. His gift of life was given at the Passover feast. Feasts are a huge part of what it means to be people of God. We are meant to be people who savor and celebrate together. We are meant to be people who are generous with our lives and our hospitality. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So as these people are standing here with Nehemiah, he's saying to them, when you learn that you've been out of accord with God's way, the the response is not weeping and mourning. It's not time for that. It's actually time to celebrate that we are back together, that we can feast together, that we have a God who loves us and desires for us to be together. Even in this time that we're now in right now, the fact that we're in a place where we in this pandemic feel isolated or uh, divided or away, we have a heart that's been made to be together, to celebrate together. And we feel that distance right now. That's because God has wired us to be people who are together in this way. And what Nehemiah says next in this passage is he says, this day is holy. Nehemiah is calling the people to return to this practice of Sabbath, this idea that we are meant to be able to be a people who trust and rest in God's presence. When we think about the idea of finding our joy in the Lord, part of finding our joy is finding our trust because it is very hard to be joyful when you are exhausted. When you feel like you have to control every part of your life and that if you do not continue to strive and hustle and work, then life will fall apart, that is a joyless way of living. And so in the midst of Nehemiah saying the joy of the Lord is your strength, he's giving commands around it that help us know how we actually live in the strength of the joy of the Lord. And one of those things that he says is that this day is holy and the holy day that's been set apart in the old Testament and the new Testament is the Sabbath. It says in scripture, in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day, honorable, And if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please, then you will find your joy in the Lord." You see, in this passage, we learn that Nehemiah is calling us to be people who gather together, who celebrate together, and who are people who rest. And in so many ways, that feels sort of like the antithesis of what strength is. But God's design for us and God's design for the Sabbath is that we might have a day set apart where we actually show with our bodies and our actions that we trust God as our provider, that we trust God to be working even when we are resting. It is a way that we intentionally show that as the people of God, we believe in God's provision, we believe in God's timing, we believe in God's work, and that allows us to rest. Strangely enough, we find strength in the joy of God, and the joy of God is that he has created us to celebrate and that he has created us to rest. This day is holy. And then finally, Nehemiah says, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It tells us many times in scripture why God gives us strength. In First Timothy 1, we know that God gives us strength so that we can actually do the work that he's called us to do. It tells us in Colossians 1 that God gives us strength so that we can bear fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge of him, being strengthened with power so that we can have endurance and patience. We actually are told that God will give us strength so that we can trust in him as he helps us and that as we experience God's strength, we will become more joyful. Joy comes because we can trust and believe that God is at work in on our behalf. And because of that, we actually feel freed up to experience the full range of emotion, times where we persevere and work hard and time where we get to celebrate and be joyful. An act of great trust is rest and joy. An act of great trust is rest and joy. So when you think about the promises of God and this idea that God says that the joy of the Lord will be our strength, know that our strength may come in some unexpected ways. But when you follow God's commands and follow that pathway to your strength, you'll discover a deeper joy, a fuller trust, and a better expression, honestly, just a better expression to your neighbors and to your to the world about it, what it means to be a child of God. Children of God are children of celebration, of rest, of trust, and of strength. Thanks for joining me today and for being part of How to Study the Bible. I hope that you continue to find rest and joy and freedom in the words of God that He's given us in Scripture. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer Stephen McGarvey and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunis.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes.